Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever Challenger Tour podcast. So this show is really only here for the purists. So if you are listening, then thank you for being a Puritanist fan. Uh, my name is Andy Watson. I'm going to be presenting this podcast, but really the brains behind the operation is Mr. Damien Crust. Hi, Damien. How are you? Hi. I'm not sure if I'm the brains. It was you who suggested doing that, but I'm definitely uh, glad that you did and that we're here. I would just label you as the challenger expert for this particular podcast. Um, why on earth are we doing this? You said you just said I suggested it, but like, why are we doing the challenger podcast? Why are we doing this? I would yeah. say for fun, definitely <laughs> <laughs> uh, to have fun, uh, to connect perhaps with with other challenger tour fans that that are going to listen and definitely to keep promoting this uh, the circuit this is still a, a pretty niche thing that you know about 99 percent of the world still doesn't know or doesn't care about it so maybe we can get someone on our side yeah hopefully someone thank you the one person that will be listening to this but hopefully there will be more and we'll talk about kind of what we hope to achieve a bit maybe towards the end of the show. But first of all, let's talk about what we're kind of going to provide with this podcast. Um, the Challenge Tour obviously is something that goes on every year. Um, it goes throughout the year. Um, maybe you can give us a bit more detail about Damien into, into what the Challenge Tour actually is and why it's important to attend. Well, to not go too deep into this, it's pretty much the second highest tier of, of tennis, of men's tennis competition. Uh, why it's it, it, it's been here since 1978 so this year we have the 40, uh, 43rd edition and why is it so important uh, pretty much because every single tennis player goes through that level some some stay on it for 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 a bit longer some just jump through it actually in the current ATP top 100 there is just one player who doesn't own a challenger title Milos Raonic, by the way. So, you know, I think it shows how, how important that circuit is in, in the transition between the, between, sometimes between the juniors and, and the professional tour, and sometimes just the players rise up, rise up through the ranks, get the needed experience, improve, so that they can, in, the, in the future they can play, they can play on, the, on the ATP tour, or some just spend their, their whole lives there. Uh, how important it is, it, we can also see by, in comparison to the, to the women's game, uh, it's so much harder to break through. As a woman, you pretty much need to do it through main tour events, through grand slams, through deep runs there. There isn't such a thing as the, as the challenger tour in, in the women's game. You only have uh, the ITF circuit, which has some, uh, you know, ITF events that, are, that, that have prize money, that are uh, pretty much the same as, as the Challenger Tour events. The number of these events is very small and the simply the, orga the organizational structure isn't as good. These, these guys are professional though and from what we say about those people who, who kind of, you know, decry the standard of these players, uh, do you still get to see, you know, top quality tennis in the Challenger Tour? And what kind of rankings are we talking about here? Yeah, uh, basically we're talking about rankings of 50 and below, 51 and below. Actually, top 50 players have to uh, have to get a pre-approved uh, wildcard, pre-approved by the ATP, 
in order to to join a challenge to get a spot in the in a challenger row it pretty much happens about five to ten times a year so it does happen usually in the in the second weeks of of, of slams or indian or like tournaments that go two weeks like indian Wells or miami but we're pretty much talking of players ranked between 51 and let's say 300 sometimes you know the qualities go be, go below that so you still are getting some, some top players in there and you are getting to see some really good tennis if you, if you tune in to watch some of these matches well the quality is actually much better than than most people think i think it really helps to you know, m- many people just think that only the only the professional tour, the the professional, all, all these players are professionals, but only the main tour is actually where high quality action is. But that's definitely not true. You know, the difference in 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 the level between the the players is very slim. It's actually mostly you know, tennis is basically a mental game. Like every 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 single one of these players has been trained for. <laughs> a huge number of years and they can all hit a forehand they can all hit a, hit a backhand but it all lies in the details and it's also a, a very interesting sort of maybe riddle to to look at when you when you look at some challenger tour players that can't just quite make the make the jump to the main tour to ask yourself to ask yourself yeah. watching why is that <laughs> and some really really often the answer is is not that simple as uh, you know it's it, you can't just see i know this player this player has a supper movement or something it's sometimes you just see a player he has everything but for some reason just can't yeah like it. i say often it's a mental game and being able to achieve at a high level in anything requires i guess an x factor or, or something that you can't really see um in the movement and in, and in the production of the strokes so I, I certainly see where you're coming from there um i kind of wanted to go without mentioning covid um, but we do have to ask, like, how is the Challenger Tour coping with COVID and what impact has that had on, on the tour? Well, pretty well, I would say. Uh, normally, the Challenger Tour consists of like 150, 160 events per year. Last year, we only got 59. Actually, only 56 were finished because three of them were had to be stopped in the middle because of the, because of the pandemic. Uh, but I think compared to the main tour it still managed to obviously most of these events happened in europe usa uh, asia every, everything was was put put off the same for united states we actually got some events in south america in the in the early uh, in november the same here in in the early, in early 2021 we have most of most of these the events that we see will be in europe but we, we, you know, so it's a bit tougher for players from other continents to to travel here. They they pretty much have, some of them pretty much had to, you know, move for for an extended period of time to in order to compete. Uh, even right now, it's a little bit bit tough. We've had uh, France imposing a, a quarantine uh, on the people coming from outside of the EU. So that actually included Istanbul this week and for. F- Pretty much until today, the the status of these players who wanted to play Istanbul and then go to Quimper was unknown. And while it looks like they will be able to compete, uh, it looks like there will be an exception made. For example, uh, Liam Brody didn't; he had to pull out from 
from the from from the Quimper Challenger just because he couldn't make that uh, seven day quarantine period because he found out uh, about the new limitations after it was less than seven days to the event. So it's not perfect, but we have to live with that. And and in all honesty, it's looking pretty well. I mean, we started the 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 the, the tour a little bit later than than usually this season. Um, usually it starts right as the as the first uh, main tour events, uh, the first week of of January. So th this week it was it was actually you know, the 18th, 18th of January was the first day, actually 17th the qualies. But uh, as of you know as of right now it's looking like the the calendar will be pretty much full until the until the end of the season. We we actually know it's only yeah, till so early March, but. No, every so every single like, week then, has events. Say we yeah. know the calendar till early March. What what we, what's it taking shape looking like right now? Many venues uh, hold two events, uh, which actually includes the ones that we'll be talking about later. Uh, the ones happening this week, so Quimper and and Antalya. Uh, pretty much, and uh, almost everything is doubled later. We've got two events in South Africa, which is actually coming back a bit uh, in in 2020 there was the, an event there started but it wasn't finished but we've got Potches from in South Africa Biela in Italy and uh, Las Palmas in Spain and Nur Sultan in in Kazakhstan they're they're all holding two events uh, in two weeks so you know some some changes had to me had to be made some uh, new for example in 2020 the the ATP wanted to introduce a new uh, a new category of 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 the of challenger tour events challenger tour 50 so the smallest there is for players ranked even lower than 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 what we said for players ranked under under 200 below 200 let's say but you know some plans had to be put off for the future and you know the the, the these events are not going to be launched right now but we've got what we you know we've got what we got and and definitely the the fact that some there are some uh, organizers who are still willing to to hold this to hold events in these tough times and thankfully we can we can get a a clean schedule until until the the week starting uh, march 1st is 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 what we know for now and each week uh, from now there will be at least two events this this week uh, the, the first week of the 2021 Challenger Tour was the only one uh, that we know of so far that had just one event. Okay, so the players can start planning then their schedule, or have been planning their schedule, and the fans can do the same. So let's just talk about the tennis then, let's dive into the tennis, we've kind of set up what the Challenger Tour is and, and where we're at, we've already mentioned it's been an event this week, in Istanbul in Turkey, and we've got our first um, champion. Um, Arthur Rindekinet uh, won the All French final today against Benjamin Bonzer, despite losing the first set in that final. Um, I presume you watched it all, Damien. Do you want to give us kind of an overall view of the tournament itself and then a look at that final in depth? Yeah, it definitely felt like uh, the two best players of the week uh, reached the finals. I hope every every single uh, every single final of 2021 will be this entertaining. It was, it was quite epic, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it was. In it, it all ended in the in a, in a third set tiebreak. Uh, we also had uh, a qualifier reach uh, reach the uh, actually win the title in in Arthur Rinderknecht. Uh, 
I mean, he he normally he wouldn't really be the be a qualifier, but the the cutoffs the the cutoffs for this week were extremely high. They were actually uh, higher uh, than in Antalya in and in Delray Beach. Uh, so main tour events two weeks ago, you know, Bonzi looked like the like the stronger player from the, of the gates. He he produced a, a great serving display. Uh, up until the second set tiebreak, he was winning more than 90% of points on, on his first serves. But he actually kind of choked in the in the second set tiebreak. And from there on, Rindeknech really took control. He's, he was the more offensive player. It's, it's really, his story is, is, a, is great. Uh, actually, this time last year, uh, in January, he was uh, still not ranked in the top in the top 300. He only broke through after he won a kind kind of out of nowhere. He won he won a challenger event in in Rennes. Then later on, he also went on to uh, clinch another title in Calgary and other final in in uh, Drummondville. And he had a fantastic he really had a fantastic uh, beginning to the last season. Uh, after the pandemic, you know he. he his momentum kind of got lost somewhere, but it's great to see him get back to the to to where he was. He he actually you know he if you've never heard of him uh, before, uh, he's 25 years old, so you might be quite surprised to see that he's just breaking up, uh, you know, breaking through. But it's mostly due to mm-hmm. the fact that he played college tennis. He took that a bit longer path. He played for the Texas A&M. Uh, was definitely a standout there and you know he 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 took a bit of a longer path but as we've seen in in recent years there are many college tennis stars that are now emerging as threats on the main tour so so this is definitely a viable path for someone who maybe isn't the brightest of juniors but wants to continue improving and and doing so without spending a, a huge deal of money um, do you see Rinderknecht as being someone who is going to be quite a big uh, star in the Challenge Tour in 2021? Indoors, definitely. I mean, he has a he has a such an attacking game, always looking to to create some openings. Fantastic forehand, really always moves forward. And indoors, he's proven to be a, just just a very dangerous competitor. He actually almost made it to the Australian Open. He lost at the final hurdle in the in the qualifying to Michael Moch. But if he keeps that up and there are there are uh, a lot of uh, uh, indoor events in coming on the on this uh, on the Challenger Tour, for example, the, the, the two next ones in Quimper. And he should definitely be treated as a massive threat to to go deep in these ones too. Basically, he's playing uh, at top 100 level right now. Mm-hmm. We'll see how how he does when it's not indoors anymore. But in these faster conditions, definitely, we should we should look out. We should look out for him. Yeah, and we will be doing over the next few weeks. Um, let's talk then about some players who maybe were a bit disappointing from this week. Um, a lot of the seeds went out early, and there was a few quite relatively big names who've who've, who've done well on the main tour. In a couple of events who, who didn't make it very far as well is there anyone you want to pick out there who you, you were quite disappointed with in this tournament yeah maybe it wasn't that shocking that brandon nakashima went out because as i he did when go out to to rinderknecht in the in the second round 
but the, the style of it wasn't that good. I mean, he still has, you know, indoors is obviously not the perfect surface for him. His forehand can't really lead the game. So after after uh, he won, actually, he actually won the first set in the in a tiebreak. But after that, he never posed any real threat. Uh, the return, which was actually one of his definitely his strongest point in the in that first set, he he blasted many return winners at Niederknecht, but in the in the in sets two and three he only won eight points on on return. So it was, you know, the the extent of the loss was a bit disappointing. Even if it was a a three sets uh, battle, the sets two and three he never really looked like he was going to win this. I mean. At, at the AO, he was a bit unlucky to run into into Karatsev in the first round. So, so I'm not really, no, I'm not really that worried right now. Someone you, we should definitely be worried about. Obviously, I still haven't managed to learn how how, how to read his name. I actually I think I would, yeah. I've heard people say wield. Tiago say but wield. Yeah, but I also say it like that. But I actually, uh, when you open up his ATP profile, there is a recording of how he says it. Mm. And honestly, I just cannot even repeat it. So we can stick to Tiago <laughs> say but wield for for now because that that's what people seem to go for. Yeah, uh, that's actually his ninth loss in a row. And Crazy. yeah, and last year he only won ten matches, and nine of them came in two events. So we know he can be very streaky. But this is looking, you know, the the level of cluelessness that he showed this week against Mohamed Savat was like, no, it really wasn't good to good to watch. And actually, I was a bit surprised with that because at the AO qualies he. He played Robin Hasse, only lost in the in the third set tiebreak, and it, I thought it. You know, there were some positive signs, and he will definitely be very glad to get back to clay this week, uh, because. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not sure that playing indoors is really. Yeah, indoors is definitely not his thing. Yeah, he's playing a qualifier in Antalya, so maybe maybe he can get some some sort of a bit, you know an, an easier draw to get things going. And one more, definitely Lorenzo Musetti. Uh, I think last year uh, his losses, his early losses in in challenger in, in challengers indoors were treated as a bit of a you know, exception. But I think it's pretty clear right now that this is also not his forte, at least of yet. Uh, I mean, he won the Australian Open in juniors two years ago, so I, I thought he maybe you know faster courts could suit him, but Bonzi. Uh, yeah, the, the runner-up of the of, of the Istanbul event, Benjamin Bonzi, he really exposed how easy it is to take time away from him. He really needs quite a bit of space on these on these strokes of his to to make them work. And one, uh, just as Sabov Wilds or whatever, uh, he he should be really delighted to get back to play this week in Antalya. Uh, he's actually playing Alejandro Tabiro, so on clay that's a pretty tough draw. So maybe maybe he can also, you know, he, he's definitely one of the best guys to watch on the on the on the circuit when when he's playing well. So hopefully we get some of that this week. Absolutely. And I've got a final question for you on Istanbul. Um, but looking through the draw, I found it very. I don't know what you're going to say here. Is there anybody that you would take out from the draw? Who didn't quite make it to the final? Was there anybody else who could 
could pinpoint as to maybe having a, a good start to the season? Uh, maybe Mark Andrea Wessler, or yeah, yeah, he played Rinderknecht in 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 the quarterfinals, and at the time I thought it was, you know, a, a huge blockbuster, and some perhaps uh, if the draw was was made differently, it could have been a final, and I would still stick to that. Uh, he was a he, he went away a bit in in the important moments mm. under pressure but but uh, we've seen him pro- made a lot of progress last year with these uh, very surprising runs in in, in Kitzbühel in the in the in the ATP main tour event and and then later in, on the challenger tour winning in CBU and winning it's winning and he looked good in, in Australian open qualification as well taking that first set against Elias Amer. Um, and then and just fell apart he, he he has proven to be a, a force on both clay and and indoors so i'm hoping you know that he can build up something this year i've just seen that he's, he's drawn bonzi in the first round of quimper so yeah that that is a very brutal draw again for both actually and this is definitely one to one to one to watch uh, in the first round at quimper yeah yeah, that's going to be a, a big game to, to watch. And if you are listening in here, then um, that would be probably quite a good recommendation for, for someone to go and watch the first round of Quimper. It would probably be a quite a good match to, to pick out from that draw. Let's move on then to talk about next week's events. As we've already mentioned a couple of times, Quimper and uh, Antalya are the events. So over to you again, Damien. Like anybody kind of coming out of the woodwork here and some interesting entries for these tournaments? Well, definitely the the entry lists are stacked again. That's pretty much because whoever didn't go to Australia basically has no other option right now than to play the Challenger Tour. Usually, when when, the, when there are you know warm up events before before the Australian Open, there are also some other options. But right now, everyone has to play has to play the Challenger Tour. So for the next five or or five five week five weeks or so we should be getting some really good draws in, in charger events. Definitely the the most interesting entry in Quimper is the top seed, uh, Luca Pui, who you know keeps his ranking because of the because of the changes, but he's actually he actually played just one professional match in the last fifteen months. He lost uh, also in a challenger uh, to Noah Rubin in, in, in March last season in Indian Wells. And, you know, we pretty much have no idea where he's at right now after a, a series of injuries that, that, that haunted him. Had some, had some surgeries done, so we basically have no clue in what form he'll be. It looks like he was pretty cautious about his comeback. He, he was supposed to come back a bit sooner, but but decided not to, so perhaps he really waited until he was until he was 100% ready. Uh, it's not a very tough opening round draw, but it's also, you know, Filip Horansky. Yeah, it's also tough enough to to expose him if if he's not ready yet. Yeah, but you, you know, just looking down that draw, Dennis Kudler is a recognizable name in there. We've got. Um, Sebastian Corda as well, who recently finalist, wasn't he, in, in the um, Delray Beach? Yeah, Corda didn't uh, didn't go to to the Australian Open qualies, which looked a bit like a weird decision at the time. But after he finished as the runner-up in in Delray Beach, he 
it's definitely looking like a brilliant brilliant like it was a brilliant thing to do right now uh mm. he had a slight injury in that final something is five if i remember correctly so yeah. you know we'll see but it only looks like a it looked like a small muscle some kind of a strain so he should be fine but we'll see he's starting against the qualifier so we can't really say for anything for now Personally, I'm very excited to see Ivan Furness. He got a wild card to the, to the main draw. I was very surprised to see that he's actually priced as the favorite against Roberto Marcora, but I'm all for it. He's been having amazing results on the on the ITF circuit recently. This year, too, he, he's already won an event and, and lost in the final of another one. He beats, actually, it was a very hard throw. He beats Holger Rune in the, in the final mm-hmm. there. And I think in the semis, give it Tobias Simon. The, I, I know you yeah, like, you like him. The, 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 yeah, exactly. So he's definitely dangerous. When he showed up a few times on the on the on in Chargers last season, he was actually looked very competitive. Uh, I definitely remember one match he played against Janovic That actually was, you know, it, it was like a six three six four victory for the pole, but it could have gone really either way, depending on who converted the breakpoints so maybe it's a bit of an overreaction to actually have him have him as the favorite against Marcora who's also very competitive indoors he had a, a few amazing runs on the on the challenger tour on that surface but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how Furness is gonna stand up to to the to, to a very tough opponent yeah and this is the thing about the challenger tour in general right most of the matches are very competitive and um, with there being so little between them, I suppose it's kind of who, who plays best on the day, really. And um, just moving over to Antalya, then just briefly, um, a lot of sorry, a lot of people names in there as well. Um, number one seed, Hamid Munar. Um, a lot of people will recognise his name from ATP events. Kendall Bagnis has been around the tour for a long time as well. Uh, Leonardo Meyer, whose ranking seems to have fallen through the floor um, the last few years, so. There are a lot of recognizable names of in Ontario as well. Yeah, definitely. Lots of uh, lots of players that are clay court specialists, so it should be a, it should be a great affair. There are also some very interesting names in the in the qualifying draw. Once again, as I said, the, the draws are very stacked this week. I am definitely when talking about the the qualifying draw, I'm definitely looking at uh, at a first round match between Felipe Meligeni. Rodriguez, Alves, and Duya Idukovic. They have both made some great runs last year. Uh, Felipe Maligeni won won uh, won a challenger in South America in November. São Paulo, I think, was it? But anyway, on clay in South America, Duya Idukovic made the semis in split, and Maya. They're, they're also both pretty young. Uh, either of them could make a, a very deep run in the. Uh, in the main event, but actually, it's you know it's not looking good weather-wise. Today was supposed to be the first day of qualies, and nothing was played. Uh, mm-hmm. As I heard, the, okay. the forecast is actually such that only on like Thursday, Friday, it's it's possible that a full day will be played. Before that, the, the organizers will have to will have to basically fight, you know. Uh, an uneven fight against the weather and try to make whatever they can try to put whatever however many matches they can uh, actually whoever wins the the first round of the qualies tomorrow has to play two two matches in a row 
so you know, not ideal, but you'd rather be playing than not playing. So, you know, if you've got to play two matches in the day, I'm sure um, they'll be able to do that. Um, just before we leave, then, um, in terms of the actual tennis action, um, just can I push you on maybe a couple of predictions for this week? Who you think will go deep in in both Quimper and in Antalya? As you said, the the Challenger Tour is very, very competitive. It's you know the, the the difference in skill level between a player ranked number one and number hundred number one hundred is way bigger than one hundred and one and two hundred. So it's it's usually very yeah, it's usually very tough to predict anything. But just by looking at the at the draw right now. I feel pretty confident that Rinderknecht should should do well again. Maybe perhaps Luka Pui in the quarterfinals if if Pui is fully healthy. That could be, I think, from the top quarter, they, uh, top quarter, top half. They they are looking like the the biggest threats. And then you mentioned that that Huesler Ponzi match in the first yeah. round. That's definitely one one of them can definitely do well, but also possible. Fatigue could come into play in in terms of Bonzi and uh, and Rinderknecht later in in, a, in the week. Uh, maybe Sebastian Corda. We've also seen him, seen him do very well indoors last year. So in Antalya, the the top seed you mentioned, Jaume Munar, he actually has a very tough opener. Like against Carlos Tabernera, I think it's pretty much a fifty fifty coming coming down to to the to the form of the day. So, but whoever wins that match. Could be could be going really really deep there, mm. and there are a lot of players in the in the bottom half there that that haven't been doing well in a while, like Leonardo Mayer, like Sabo Field, who we mentioned, like Musetti, who also had a few poor events lately. So I think it's really wide open there. But back on clay, you never know if that might change the way that the the form goes, and I'm sure hope, some of them will be hoping for that. That change of form. I found it interesting. I found it interesting actually that um, over in the UK, um, Skybet put out odds for the tournament for um, Istanbul last week. Um, obviously, with there being no main tour action, with everybody preparing for the Australian Open in this unique way. Um, not that we ever talk about the the main tours on this podcast, but um, yeah. So they were they, they actually priced it up, and I remember from the Connect being. Um, quite a big price actually. It's around about twelve, fourteen to one, um, to win that tournament. So, if you if you're in the UK or or wherever and you're finding these odds and you know quite a bit about challenger tennis, maybe that could be a, a fruitful way in for you. But I'm not suggesting that anyone does gamble because the house tends to win on those on those things. Um, let's just wrap this up then, Damien. Like we're hoping this will be a weekly weekly thing, aren't we? But um, that will only really happen if people listen to us. Um, we do need support from from the kind of tennis ultras, really. And it would mean the world to us if you got behind what we're doing here, retweeted it, quote-tweeted it, with, um, you know, backing for it, um, share it amongst all of your hardcore tennis friends and family. And also, if you have any questions you want to play with Damien and me, I suppose, if you wanted to, um, then fire away, you know, give us some comments on, on Twitter. Um, I'm at Andy Watson Sport. Damien is at L Ross Damien Cust. Uh, L W O S Damien Cust. Um, 
Is there any final word you wanted to put in there, Damien, about this and, and getting people behind it? Maybe once again encourage everyone to to check out the the Challenger streaming for themselves. It's great that we have it for free. Also this week, um, actually the, the the Facebook website of the Quimper Challenger, how oh, this was it called, Open Quimper Britain or something like that, uh, hosts uh, a. F- a better quality stream than than the ATP Challenger Tour uh, website or or live stream. So uh, your you know if you if, if if video quality is very important for you, then then that's definitely a place you should go because it's easier. I'll probably be staying on the on the channels where I can easily switch to Antalya. But you know, for some people, the the video quality on of the streams for the Challenger Tour is is not enough. Then 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 that's Facebook page of of the Quimper Challenger should be a great recommendation. Absolutely, and you know, getting to watch tennis for, for free um, with access to an internet connection is pretty cool. So um, you know, fill the void of, if you if you are a main tour lover, then fine. But um, there's no tennis going on, so you might as well drop down and, and have a look at what's going on. These quality players on a on a challenger tour, you certainly won't be lacking in entertainment and and you know, really good tennis matches. So be heartily recommend. As you said, especially in these weeks where there is no main tour action, I people on the on social media just commenting that you know how they would pretty much kill someone to watch some tennis right now, how they how they are lacking the the sport in in their life, and I'm like, hey, the the forty forty something matches in 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 an event each week. Uh, hello. You have. <laughs> I pretty much don't have time to to do anything else because I because I watch Challenger Tour. So. <laughs> yeah, just bring it on. Bring on the Challenger Tour. Right, I'm going to get involved this week and watch as much as I can. So in good preparation for hopefully so two of the Challenger podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed episode one. Um, I've been Andy Watson. He's been Damien Crust. We thank you for listening in, and hopefully we'll see you again next week. Bye.